don't just take, we give back. Amen. And this is a word group of people. How many of you believe in the word of God? Well, when we are filled with the word of God, not only do we confess it and speak it, but we pray the word. Amen. And God promised that he will confirm his word with signs following. That means when we preach the word, there's going to be signs following. When we pray the word, things are going to be accomplished. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I I was thinking about a title tonight and uh, what we're going to title this is watch and pray. Maybe some of you grew up in a, in a church like I grew up in when we were kids. We used to have watch night services. Anybody know what that was at the beginning of a new year? We'd have on New Year's Eve. I, I, I wasn't out partying. I wasn't out doing the funky chicken. I never went anywhere other than church on New Year's Eve. And anyway, we would pray until midnight. I don't know what the thing was, but it was that we needed to watch the old year leave and watch and pray the new year in. So we're still in January. So we're going to have a watch night service. We're going to be here till about one in the morning. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> See how many of you get up and run for the door right now? Not really. <laughs> No, but we are going to obey the spirit of God. We have begun a new year, 2013. I wouldn't even pretend to tell you that I know everything's going to be happening in 2013. 13, but I do know, according to the word of God, some things that are going to happen in 2013. One thing that's going to happen is the church is going to get more glorious and we're going to get closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You might say, are you saying he's coming in 2013? Well, I don't know. He could. Hallelujah. Because the signs of the time are everywhere. Remember that old song? Signs of the time are everywhere, pointing to the fact that Jesus Jesus is coming. Can I get any agreement in here tonight that we are living in the last days? You would have to be dumb, dumb, and dumbest not to know that something is up in the world. People that aren't even Christians know that there's things that are going on in the world that we've never seen before. All these things, what are they pointing to? They are pointing to the end of this age. This age is about to be wrapped up and we're going to begin a new one. Glory to God in the presence of the Lord. But as we are looking at the signs of the time, God is so good. He has given us prophecies that we can watch and be fulfilled. But he has also given the church a major sign to watch. And that is the nation of Israel. Let's start tonight by looking at Mark chapter 13. And we'll begin in verse 28. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When it says fig tree here, it's talking about the nation of Israel, the Jewish people. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near even at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, 
nor the son, but only the father. We'll stop there at verse. We're going to stop at verse 32. I'm not sure how they got so far ahead of me. We're supposed to be ringing it in the new King James. Anyway, at the end of verse, at verse 32, but of the day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. How many of you agree that God's word is true? And just because time elapses and time goes on and space begins to happen and year after year does not mean that God's word is not true and God's word is not going to come to pass. If he said it in the word, we can count up on it. This verse is letting us know that Israel is the fig tree and we are told to watch the fig tree. Prophecy as being fulfilled every single day. What is going on in Israel is prophecy. Prophet for many years, Israel was desolate. They experienced what the Bible terms the disaster. Diasperous? How do you say that anyway? Dispersed. <laughs> they were dispersed to all the nations of the earth. And for over a thousand years, the Jewish nation was not a nation. Israel was not a nation. Jewish people obviously still lived in the earth, but they weren't together as a nation. Quick little history lesson. In 1948, at the end of World War II, Israel was granted the fact that they could become a nation again. And people, Jewish people from all over the world, you know what went on in World War II, that horrible Holocaust and all of that. And Jews from all over the nations began to go back home to Israel. Pastor Mark and I were privileged in, in 2001, May of 2001, we got to hear prophecy sing to us. We went up on the, I believe it was that in Ariel, there in Israel, and these Russian immigrants that hadn't been home that many years, they began to sing to us real broken English with a heavy Russian accent. They sang, Bill Bailey, won't you come home? <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> and I, we were with Billy Brim and her group. But Billy and a lot of people were just weeping when they were singing, Bill Bailey, won't you come home? It's not an anointed spiritual song, but what was so touching our heart was the fact that these Russian Jews had come home. Prophecy right before our eyes. Uh, we, we won't go into big detail about it, but that is found in the Bible that it says when they begin to return home and they begin to take back this nation, this land that God gave them, we as the church know that his coming Amen. is at hand. It's one of the major signposts for us to watch. Just the other day, we had the TV on on the news, and I don't remember now. Do you remember those people, that lost tribe, some lost tribe of Israel? They looked like sort of oriental. They were coming from some nation. They were a lost tribe that now they've discovered they're Jewish people, and they're even coming home to the nation of Israel. Part of India, that's right. It, just incredible things are happening. So what are we supposed to do in this day and age when we see these things begin to come to pass? One thing is we're supposed to do what pastor preached this morning. Look up. 
Look up for our redemption draweth nigh. And then we're going to look here in verse 33 of the Mark chapter 13, this time in the Amplified. This is what else we're supposed to do when we see these things begin to come to pass. Be on your guard, constantly alert, and watch and do what? Watch and get fearful. Watch and talk about all the horrible things that are going on in the world. What are we supposed to do? Watch and pray. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man already going on a journey. When he leaves home, he puts his servants in charge, each with his particular task. And he gives orders to the doorkeeper to be constantly alert and on the watch. Verse 35. Therefore, watch, give strict attention, be cautious and alert. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Verse 36. Watch, I say, lest he come suddenly and unexpectedly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to everybody, watch, give strict attention, be cautious, active and alert. He said several times there when these things begin to come to pass, watch, be alert, be awake, be praying, be active. Did you know the opposite of being alert and awake is being dull, being asleep and being clueless. We are not clueless. We see what's going on in the world. There's a scripture over in the Old Testament. It talks about the sons of Issachar. And it said they had understanding of the times. We don't know everything that's going on, but we have an understanding that this world is rocking and reeling. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And that is why we as believers must have our foundation on the rock that doesn't roll. We will not be shaken in shaking times if we stand firm on the word of the living God. And if we watch and if we are alert and we are awake, we will know what's going on and we will be prepared for it. Now, if you had a business and you wanted somebody to guard it, at night, there was really valuable stuff in there. And you went out and you hired a watchman. And then, you know, maybe just you're just out cruising around. It's about midnight or something. So you think that you, you'll just drive by there and see how everything's looking. And the guy is just cutting Z's in his car. He is just sound asleep. You honk the horn. He doesn't even wake up. You're not going to be a happy camper because that's not what you hire a watchman to do. You don't hire a watchman to sleep on the job. Well, God says you are my 
watchmen and you are called to active duty. He doesn't want us to act like ostriches and stick our head in the sand. I hear no evil. I see no evil and just be ignorant of what's going on in the world. Jesus calls us his army. He is the commander in chief. We are the body of Christ, but we are in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. How about you? I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Some of you don't know what I just did. I just sang a little Sunday school song and Michelle was helping me. You knew it. (laughs) You may not ever fly a jet airplane. You may never march in the infantry, but in the realm of the spirit, you are a warrior. You are a soldier and we have been given orders from headquarters. Christians need to get the soldier mentality. Go where you're sent. Stay where you're stationed. Take your post seriously. Obey your orders and be watchmen. There's a wonderful scripture over in Isaiah chapter 62. Pertaining to this, Isaiah 62, verse 6. God's got some plans and some purposes that must be prayed out in the earth. We're his mouthpiece. We're his voice. He's a sovereign, supernatural God. He can do what he wants to do, but he has chosen to work with you and me, with the body of Christ. He wants us to use our faith. He wants us to expect him to do great and mighty things. He wants us to take his word and reason with him. He said, come, let us reason together. Plead your case. Find scriptures in the word of God that promise you what you're believing for. Are there any scriptures in here about revival? Are there any scriptures in here about signs, wonders, and miracles? Yes, there are. We're supposed to watch over that word. How do we watch over it? In prayer. By reminding him. By speaking his promises back to him. This verse here in Isaiah chapter 62. It says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day and night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent. Verse 7, and give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Yes, we are to be praying for Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem that you may be blessed, that you may prosper. And this is right written about that. But you know what? Our two nations are gloriously connected. The nation of Israel, the Jewish people and Christianity. You know why? We serve the same God. They're in the old covenant, but we're in the new covenant. It's under the same God. And we need to be watching over what happens over there. But this verse can 
carry a dual meaning. Not only are we to pray over what's going on in Israel, in the Middle East, but we as watchmen have been given assignments. We have been given territory. We have a post and we have a place that we are to stand guard over on a daily basis. You know what you're supposed to be watching over? What you got authority over? What's in your sphere of influence? Your family. If you're not watching over your family and your children, guess what? They're open prey to the attacks of the devil. We need to take our place and be in that high tower and say, no, I know where I am. I know where I'm positioned and I'm in a place of authority and I'm saying no weapon formed against my family is going to prosper. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family, over all the affairs of our life. We have that same post. It's not just Pastor Mark and I and the staff. We that are part of this local body, we have that position where we can pray over the church family, where we can pray for the reign of the spirit to be poured out in this place. It's our territory. It's a place that we have been granted. And when God says, I have set you as watch men, he's given us assignments. What about your city? What about your neighborhood? You are not just to be peeking out the window every time you hear a noise and watching what's going on in the neighborhood that way. Watch over the neighborhood spiritually. Say, devil, you're not coming into my neighborhood. No, you're not. No drug deals. No burglaries. I've got authority. I have dominion and I'm using it. Guard your garden. Guard what belongs to you in prayer. Our state, our nation. Does our nation need prayer? Because we live here and we have legal citizenship of the United States of America. Then that means God has granted us authority. You do have a say about what happens in your nation. Don't let the politicians dictate to you what's going to go on in the economy. Don't listen to all of the media. You listen to what the Lord has said. I'm saying that our nation is blessed. I'm saying that there is an awakening unto the righteousness in in our nation. I'm saying that we're going to have righteous rulers in our land. When the righteous are in rule, the people rejoice. I'm hearing a sound of rejoicing all through the cities of our nation because I'm believing that the righteous are rising up. Hallelujah. And our land is returning to godly principles. In the name of Jesus, I pray for those in position of authority. Let's just do it right now. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our president. We lift up all of those in authority in our land. Lord, we pray that there would be an awakening, that their hearts would turn to you, that there would be God. 
godly wisdom granted to them. Oh my, my, my. And where there is deception, we take authority over deception. We take authority over the lies of the devil that try to bombard their soul. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood and we say that they will make godly decisions. Oh, that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And we are declaring there is an awakening. An awakening in our land. Oh my. A returning to the things of God. That's been a watchman. Find verses that will encourage your faith. Not cause you to be faint hearted about our land. Listen to what the word watch means. Watch literally means this. To keep guard over. We've been talking about that. To tend. To wait expectantly. And I really like this one. To keep informed about. I am so thankful as a watchman in the kingdom of God that I am well informed. Hallelujah. I've got inside information. Inside the Bible. I don't have to be moved by what I hear or by what I see. A watchman stands his ground. The Bible talks about us being in a high tower. When you are on assignment and you are in that high tower, you know what you're doing? You're looking down at all this stuff. And one of the tricks and strategies of the devil, he knows you're on post. He knows that you've been given a position. So he causes all this little disturbance down here, trying to get you off of your post, trying to get you to come down from that high tower. Oh, what's going on over there? Oh, they're gossiping over there. Oh, look at that going on over there. No, don't do it. Stand your ground. Don't be moved by all that junk that he might be throwing at your mind. Stand your post in the name of Jesus. We must take seriously the guard that has been entrusted to us. The position. Our faith must be expressed. Using our voice is vital. He said there in verse 6, you make Mention, make mention. That's reminding him of his word. That's being persistent, steadfast, unmovable, unwavering. We've been given and granted a place. I talk so much about this place and our authority in the Lord. I think one of the reasons that it just comes up so much in my heart is that I grew up with wonderful, great Christian people, but many of them lived defeated lives. They didn't know who they were in Christ Jesus. I'll never forget when I went to Ramah and began to hear the revelation knowledge of our redemptive rights. It was just overwhelming to me when we were given that little bitty book by Brother Hagen in 
him redemptive rights. If you don't have it, go to the bookstore. We have it. It's just verse after verse after verse. Who we are in Christ Jesus. What we have and what we can do. It just went off on the inside of me. You mean I've got authority? I not not just open pray to whatever the devil wants to do in my life. I can take authority over him in the name of Jesus. God has granted us this wonderful revelation that we might walk in victory. How many of you like victory? You know what? I've been in victory and I've been in defeat. Victory's much better. I like knowing that I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus, that I am more than a conqueror, that I have joint seating with him. So this is why I read so much in the book of Ephesians. And if you don't, you should. On a regular basis, I'll just go and just read what he has granted me. One of my favorite passages is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. Oh, it's good stuff to know who you are in Christ. To know your place. But God, who is rich in mercy. Isn't that wonderful? Because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are raised up together. We are far above all principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness of this world. I think he agrees. We've been raised up. There's just something about saying that. Raised up. Lifted up. Pastor shared it this morning. Psalm chapter 3. He's the glory and the lifter of our head. Some of you may have been down in the miry clay. But when Jesus found you or you found him. He lifted you up out of the miry clay. And set your feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. We've been raised up. I like that. I don't like to be down, 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 pushed down. God never does that. Jesus never does that. He always has an encouraging word that will lift us, that will raise us up. And when you know where you're seated, you know you've got rights and privileges. I've used this illustration before, but it just comes up in my heart. Some of you may not have heard it, but... uh, One time, Pastor and I were at a sporting event. Well, we've been at more than one. I'll grant you that. But this particular one, we went to. And we kept going down, down, down. It was a basketball game in Phoenix. We went to with his brother. And I remember I'm thinking, wow, you know, I'm really hungry. Can we stop at the concession stand? That's why I go to sporting events. Yes, I do eat nachos and hot dogs and junk. Once in a while. So anyhow, no, no, no. We got to get to our seat. I'm thinking, ah, I'm really hungry. Well, anyway, we get to our seat. 
And I've said to my sister-in-law, I want to go get some food. No, you don't have to get up. These seats come with privileges. These seats come with food. They bring you food. Woo, I like this seat. But you know what? I could have gone out there and stood in the really long hot dog line and got a cold hot dog and not known that my seat came with privileges. There's too many Christians that live like that. He's raised us up, made us sit together. Where? With him. Think of that. We've got joint seating with the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about benefits. Woo! Talk about privileges. You're not a second class citizen. You're not the lowest of the low. You're a high. Hallelujah. You have a position. You have a place. And when we know that and we are in that vantage point, raised up. You know what? When you're raised up, when you're high up there, guess what? You're going to see some things that other people Miss, if you just stay down here and are looking down, just looking down, depressed, you're not going to see the beautiful scenery around you. You're not going to see the beautiful sky that God created if you're walking around down. But when you get up here to where you're supposed to be seated, you're going to see some things that other people miss. That's why this is such a vital truth to having an effective prayer life. You got to know where you're positioned. You got to know where you're praying from. Your place of prayer is not a place of a beggar. Whining. Unworthy worm. Oh God, I don't mean to bother you, but oh, please don't hit me. I just... I got to ask you one little thing. No. Come boldly to the throne room of grace because you belong there. You got a seat. You got a place. And it changes your whole perspective. You begin to play, pray from a place of victory. You don't pray from a place of defeat and a place of begging and wondering if God's going to hear you. You know he hears and answers your prayers because you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know that he answers prayers based upon the word of God. Have you ever taken off in an airplane on a, a nice sunny day? Sometimes when we're flying and we flying in or we're flying out, we're like, can we see the church? Can we see the?" But the higher you go, you can't see. Well, that was a house. Now I can't even tell if that's a house or a tree or a car. The higher you go, the less things on this earth matter. They don't look like you're not focusing on how big that house was. The higher you go, you start thinking, Woo, I think I'm going to just look out the window and see those beautiful clouds. I'm up here, high above all that noise and all that junk that's going on down there. You know that we can go higher in God. And the higher that we go in God, you know what begins to happen? It's just like taking off in an airplane. The higher you go... The smaller the house, the cars get down here. The higher you go in God, the smaller the problems get. 
the more you focus in on his vastness, his greatness. You don't get so overwhelmed by, oh, that horrible doctor's report or, or, oh, I can't pay that PG&E bill. If you just focus on him, go higher up in God. Those things get really little. And you just begin to go, what? PG&E bill, that's nothing to God. What? A sickness? He bore my sickness. Hallelujah. By his stripes, I am healed. That's why it all connects together. We can't be an effective watchman on the wall unless we know where we're watching from. We're not watching from down here. We're watching from up there, seated together with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now, I've I've read something recently that Ian Bond said about prayer. I love this. In prayer, you align yourselves to the purpose and power of God. He is able to do things through you he could not do otherwise. For God has left certain things open to prayer. Things which will never be done except we pray. When we pray, you know what we're doing? We are doing God's business. We are speaking out. What he wants spoken out in the earth today. I was looking over here too. There was another man of God that said this. John Wesley says, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Now religious people get tripped up on that. What? What? What do you mean? God's limited. There's no limits to our God. There are no limits to our God. But God is limited in our lives by our prayer life. It seems he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. He's waiting for us to invite him into all the affairs of our life. He's waiting for us to ask him. For revival. He is working together with humanity for his will and plan to come to pass. He wants us to use our voice to pray out his plans. Got any takers in here tonight? Got any people in here that say, yeah, I want to go higher in God. Yeah, I want to be used more effectively. Let me read you another scripture over here in Zechariah. might not make sense right at the beginning, but I know it will. Zechariah 3, 7 in the Amplified. I heard a wonderful man of God years ago speak on this scripture, and it stuck with me. Anybody ever heard of Brother Phil Halverson? Probably a lot of you have not, but he was a mighty man of prayer, lived in the Minneapolis area. And uh, God gave him some revelation off of this scripture that I want to share with you. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then also you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts. And I will give you access to my presence and places to walk among those who stand here. Of course, every believer 
has access to God's presence by virtue of the blood and the name of Jesus. But this is a revelation that the Holy Spirit gave Brother Phil Halverson. He said that in the realm of the Spirit, positions are handed out. The Lord showed him that prayer assignments are waiting to be given to those who have been found faithful. He said those that will take what God puts in their heart and pray out, then he'll give them a greater assignment, a greater unction. I don't want to be harsh about it, but some people say, oh, you know, I just can't pray. My prayer life is just dead, dry, and boring. Then you're not doing it right. Because when you will pray from your heart, that's all prayer is. Prayer is communion with the Father. And if you will take time just to wait in his presence and then pray from your heart, those things that he is placing on your heart, there'll be an unction on it. The problem is, is we get in ritualism and we just kind of rattle off every day the same prayers. And there's after a while, there's no unction on it. But he's saying to us, I've got some assignments for you. It could be something to do with your family. It could be something to do with the church. It could be something to do with our nation, whatever the case may be. But he said, if you will walk in my ways, if you will be obedient, if you will be a servant found faithful unto the Lord, then he says, I'm going to give you access. How many of you want access to more of the presence? We all, again, have access into the Holy of Holies. We all have access into God's presence. But have you ever noticed that there's some people that it seems like they just walk in a higher degree of God's presence? And you're like, I know I'm saved. I know I love Jesus, but they got something I don't got. They must know something I don't know. What is that? They've developed walking in the ways of the Lord. They've been faithful when God has said, go here, do this, serve me this way, pray over that situation. When we're faithful, then more is granted, more access, more assignments are given unto us. Did you know that you can go around the world without ever leaving your home? You can go Holy Ghost Airlines and go around the world. Now, I believe I'm talking tonight. You know, I'm always a little hesitant to talk like this, but I believe I'm talking to a group of mature believers that you're not going to go, well, you know, get off flaky and out here and out there. And I'm not talking about getting flaky and talking about getting weird. I'm talking about knowing God, walking in his ways, obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Just that little nudge on the inside of you saying, oh, wake up in the middle of the night. Lord, is that you or was that the pizza I ate? Is that you, Lord, just taking a moment just to check in? Is there anything wrong? Is there something I should be praying about? He'll make it clear to you. And if you're faithful and you take that, then he can trust you with more. 
Isn't that scriptural? Man found faithful, more is given unto him. And as I was praying about this yesterday, I just really sense this so strongly. Of course, we are to be watchmen over what's going on in our lives. Of course. And over our family, over our territory. But there are higher walks. There is more at stake in the realm of the spirit. And we need to broaden our hearts. We need to enlarge our capacity to receive from the spirit of God and then to pray out what he puts in our hearts. There are people that are dying and going to hell as I am speaking right now. But if we, you, me, the body of Christ, of course we must go and we must witness, but but we must pray. We must pray over the harvest. There's just, I can't even put it into words, but I know that there are some things about this year that we need to pray out. And because I don't know them in my head, I spend time praying in the spirit. All I know is that we're going to be in step and we're going to be in sync with what God wants for this church, what he wants for your life. We are going to call unto the Lord. Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me. And what did he say? I'll answer you. And not just answer you, but I love this last part. I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. I'm thankful for what I've seen in my lifetime. I'm thankful for people that have been healed, delivered, set free, born again. I'm thankful for that. But I truly believe it. He wants to show us some great and mighty things we've not yet seen. So what are we going to do? We're going to be watchmen. We're going to be alert. We're going to be awake. We're not going to be asleep in harvest. Oh, when you are When you are asleep. <laughs> when you are asleep. You miss things that those that are awake see. When you are asleep spiritually, things can be happening all around you. But if you're not awake and you're not alert, you'll miss it. So, so it is vital that my people put off slumber, put off the things of the world. Everybody stand up. Just shake off some things. Shake off sleep. Remember when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and he said, who was it? Peter. 
And John, he said, watch and pray. And he came back and they were asleep. And he said, what could you not watch one hour? It's not good to be asleep when the master says, pray. And that's what he's saying to us right now. It is time to pray. And if you're a Dibre Sembata, if you just have a hard time with your prayer life, just start doing this. Shake off some things. Shake off some hindrances. Shake off some things that, that weigh you down. Just shake them off. Shake them off. Just do that. Symbolize it. I'm getting rid of some of these things that have weighed my spirit down. I'm shaking them off. I'm casting off every weight. I'm casting off those cares. I'm casting off worry. I'm shaking it off. And I'm a sombre cadet. And I'm going to be awake. And I'm going to be alert to pray. To take those assignments. Now let's just do it. You know what? I like it. When people come down here. So some of you, if you can make your way down here. Let's just gather down.